Hey everybody, welcome to the Mini Break, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel production, your daily podcast for storylines, results, and controversy in the tennis world. Today is Friday, January 10th, and we're here to talk about ATP Cup and some WTA action as well. With me is my Wednesday regular, once again, making the appearance for Friday's pod, just like last week. It's Matt Stokowiak. Matt, how's it going? What's going on, Jamie? Glad to be back on with you, man. Yeah, I guess we're uh, we're making the Friday one a little more of a regular uh, occurrence too, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, what? That's two weeks in a row now? Two weeks in a row, yeah. One more week and then we're really cooking. And we're um, streaking, man. We're, we're yeah, building we'll a little streak, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't blame Gruskin on this one. He's up in Ann Arbor doing fun things, um, doing the play-by-play of the challenger there, and so he's having a blast. And, of course, listeners, if you haven't tuned in, go to Livestream and, and – uh, Go to Livestream.com and uh, listen to Gruskin. He's having a ball, and I'm sure you'll have a ton of fun if you're listening along um, and hopefully watching as well because it's it's a ton of fun. Yeah, so I know sure, he's having sure an absolute Make sure to comment blast. and, uh, you know, give him a good, uh, you know, rip him a little bit for his, his commentary up there. Yeah, he's feeling a little high and mighty, so what you're going to want to do is go ahead and criticize him a, a lot. <laughs> he uh, he needs some of that, and, and there's only so much Matt and I can do in that regard as well. But, we need um, help. Anyway, <laughs> we do need help. We need more bodies it takes it takes uh it, it truly takes a village to get something into gruskin's mind so uh but no for real I, i'm sure he's doing a great job got to listen in to him a couple times today so he's having a blast um but anyway let's get into some of the action that is not in the united states but uh much much farther away so like you said we've like i said we've got a couple of wta events um and some big names some results we want to walk through and then of course um we have the atp cup which is you know something that's quite a darling and, and captivated um many um, in the tennis world as well. So just to start off, we're going we're gonna to start on the WTA side real quick. A couple tournaments we want to go through, Auckland um, and Brisbane, um, some sort of simultaneous action going on there. Some big names in play. Um, recently, we see Wozniacki gets the win over Lauren Davis. Um, that's a three-setter, 6-4 in the third, tight match there. Um, also in Auckland, we see Serena Williams back in action and looking pretty solid. Um, she gets a 6-4, 6-3 win over Sigmund. Look, I know I'm sure there's going to be a lot of times that we, we talk about Serena throughout this year. And um, at some point, it's kind of like a broken record, right? You're like, oh, how's she going to do this year? You know, she's coming back. Is she going to win another major? Let's sort of sidestep that conversation because I feel like it's a given. Outside of the things that we've talked about a million times, Matt, what are you looking for from Serena in 2020? Well, just early on here, I mean, like you mentioned, what does she look like coming off the offseason? I mean, is she in good shape? I know she is. She looks pretty good so far. Um, You know, we'll worry about the majors when we get there. But, you know, these early tournaments in Auckland, in Brisbane, you know, before the Aussie Open are always important because, you know, we get to find out a lot about, you know, what were these players working on, you know, over the last month or so in the offseason? You know, they try to come out right away, put that to use. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, obviously, in the bigger picture, Serena is only out there to compete for majors. We know that. She's 38 years old now. There's no other reason to be playing um, other than to, you know, cement her legacy even further. That's what's on her mind. Um, but again, you know, we can we don't have to, you know, talk about that every time with her just because, sure. um, you know, she's got a lot more to offer in, in a bunch of these other tournaments as well. Yeah, absolutely. And look, at this point, like you said, it's always important, especially to see, you know, I think it's even more important as time goes on too with age. It's like, wow, you better come out of the gates looking good Um, because it's not saying that it's the sort of end all be all going to tell you how the year is. But I mean, it can be a pretty 
it's a pretty big indicator sometimes, especially yeah. later in a career. It's like, oh man, like you better be on it this year. Um, and, and you, of course, you know that people are looking at it the same way. So at least in this draw, she had a tough match against Mikhail, got through in three sets. Um, and now after this latest win, she's going to have a tough one. She'll, uh, she'll face the winner of Anna Samova or Bouchard. So um, definitely some tests later in this tournament that she's going to have to get through. But yes, in terms of what we're looking for, yeah. I mean, if she's in good form, there's no reason to worry about her throughout the year. So um, that's that's really sort of our thinking on it in terms of Auckland. Let's go ahead and go over to Brisbane as well because we've got some big names there as well. Um, Osaka gets the win. Tight match over uh, Kennan. 6-7, Really just sort of runs away with it by the end. Um, you know, similar sort of question for you, Matt. With Osaka... I don't know. We of course we did on the mini break. You know, we did the you know the five different questions for for what you're seeing, why they're interesting in 2019, what makes them interesting for 2020. Osaka's in a little bit of an interesting spot here. For her, I guess what is the what is a bad 2020 like? You think? Well, I mean, I think she's got she's for sure when it comes to majors, she she's going to have to win at least one slam. I mean, there's no way okay. she's just way too talented. You know that for her, I think is the minimum. If she wins a slam, you know she's going to be happy about that. Obviously, she's going to go for more. We know she can do it. Um, you know, but again, there's a lot of competition out there. I mean, you look in a match like this against Kennan. Kennan's going to be a factor all year long too, man. So I, mm-hmm. I mean. Again, if there's a lot of choices on the WTA tour, you know, when it comes down to winning these majors, there's a lot of players that can contend. But I just think Osaka, with her game, with the talent that she has at this point in in her career, I mean, she's really starting to get into that prime, you know, that prime age physicality. Um, she's got to win a major, man, or else I think even she would probably tell us, yeah, no, not a good year for me. Yeah, no, hey, I mean, I see that expectation for sure. I mean, right now she's sitting at number four in the world. Um, of course, we got Ash Barty at one there, so that's who she's going to be chasing for sure throughout the year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair expectation, though, just given the, the level of play that we've seen from her. I mean, I think this is another year where people are expecting a lot, and rightfully so. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Madison Keys just got off the court beating uh, fellow American Danielle Collins, 6'4", 6'1". Um, so she's looking good. Once again, Madison Keys, we've said it a million times. If you're on a hard court, watch out because she can blow you off the court. So um, one, to, one to watch on the hard court season for sure in Madison Keys. Um, I mean, in Brisbane, there's a good match coming up as well. Listeners, um, you know, of course, since we're recording at night, we don't get to see this one. But Osaka, as we just mentioned, she'll be facing off against Burton's here um, probably in about an hour or so for us. So um, that'll be yesterday by the time you're picking up this one. But we'll see how that one goes. I think Osaka um, will win that one. I mean, and in terms of just a matchup, I think she's got that. The only thing um, for me here with Osaka is just – I want to see how she is mentally. I think, um, you know, there's no doubt when it comes to her strokes. We've seen her get through tough matches, but for me, you know, it's also just a little bit disappointing when you see her get in her own head. Yep. Um, you see her get very down on herself, um, and it can spiral quickly. She can lose three, four games in a blink of an eye, um, even faster than she can rip them off when she's hitting winners. And so I think for me, you know, even though, yes, it's not a major, like you mentioned with Serena Williams, these early tournaments – a really important indicator for me is like, okay, how are you going to maintain that mental game? And yes, even though you're not fighting for an Australian Open, you know, of course you have the talent to win any given tournament on the, on the women's tour. How are you going to be from match to match mentally? 
Yeah, just confidence with her. I mean, again, you mentioned it, Jamie. You see, it's so easy to tell with her, um, mm-hmm. you know, because her unforced errors just when she starts making a few, they they spiral, like you mentioned. I mean, quickly. So um, it, it's it's obvious when you watch Osaka, you know, man. Okay, today she is on. She looks good. She's playing well. She's feeling it. Or Ooh, you know, these errors are starting to creep in more and more. She doesn't look that confident. You can see it in her face. I mean, she shows a lot, you know, you know, those emotions out there, you can tell. And I think her opponents can tell as well. But um, obviously, you know, one of the most talented players in the world. So I I think she's going to be fine, you know, to get through a match like against Sophia Kennan um, after dropping the first set. Come back, come, comes back, wins three and one. Um, that's a good sign. I, I like that. I mean, six one in the third. You just you stomp on it there. That's a good result to me because Kennan is dangerous, and now Burton's will will pose some some different challenges as well. So we'll see how she gets through that one. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That shows resilience. Um, it shows the ability to bounce back and then capitalize on it, right? So you lose you lose a tough first set and you shrug it off and come back and, and win convincingly in the second and third set. So you're, you're absolutely right. Good signs there. Um, let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit because the WTA action is enticing. Got those two different tournaments that we're talking about. I think there's action in Shenzhen as well. Um, but, you know, something that's really been captivating the tennis world and, and something I know you and me have been talking about specifically is um, – just how fun the ATP Cup has been. Um, and so now we're getting to the point where we're in this quarterfinal round, right, the final eight in Sydney. And so, um, I, I don't know, we we owe it to these matches, to these ties that we've seen to, to really dive in here because, um, you know, right now, like we said, we're recording at night, Serbia and Canada are on court, but let's go ahead and talk about the ones that are completed. So um, one of the ones from yesterday is Russia and Argentina. Russia comes out of this one, um, you know, fairly convincingly here and and ultimately not too surprising. But what I will say, I mean, the Hatchinov and, and, and Pella match, uh, pretty straightforward for Karen there, 6-2-7-6. That match of the night, though, was that Medvedev and Schwartzman match. Um, it goes three sets, and I don't know if you saw much of it, but Medvedev, I mean, yeah, we've seen what he can do on a court, <laughs> and we could see you know, how he gets in it mentally sometimes. But, man, that match got pretty chippy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Medvedev, he's got that attitude. You know, I mean, he, we saw last, you know, last year at the U.S. Open, you know, playing mm-hmm. up to the crowd and all that. You know, so Medvedev is one of those guys, but, you know, I still obviously, I like him a lot. And, you know, they, these, both of these guys, obviously, you know, even though their their height difference is quite significant, they play similarly. I mean, you know, they're, they're not really power players. Both of them like to grind. They're going to out-rally you. Their, their footwork is good. Um, it, it's just funny because when you look at them, you put them side by side. Schwartzman's so small and Medvedev's so big. Um, it just, you wouldn't think that stylistically that their games would, would match up like that, but, but they do. And so I'm not surprised by this result. Medvedev in three, um, that sounds about right. You know, it's early in the year. They're still getting their footing. um, And Schwartzman is always a tough out. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, really on any surface, primarily clay, but then obviously on hard as well. So um, yeah, good match here. Uh, Russia takes it, you know, three nil, but you know, good, good stuff. Yeah, and, and I think for me too, right, when you think about both of these guys, they go about it a little bit differently in terms of being intense, but I mean, talk about two guys who are going to be incredibly intense throughout an entire match. 
Schwartzman and Medvedev. I mean, they both have their different types of fire. Um, and, you know, sometimes with Medvedev, it's a little more of a cool um, intensity, but then sometimes he can go ballistic, right? And Schwartzman is always going to have the fire and, and, and you know, he's going to be pumped up. And that's what's so fun too, and especially when it's a team environment, right? You know, everybody's just pumping each other up and um, things get hyped fast. And, and, and that right there is, is a perfect segue into um, the other tie that was decided 2-1, a nail biter to say the least, Australia against Great Britain. I mean, this match came down to the absolute wire. Um, you know, the singles matches we can get into first. I mean, the the one that really wasn't too close, Kyrgios taking out Cam Nori convincingly, 6-2, 6-2. Um, I think this is just this Did is they just play first, Jamie? Was that the first match of the tie or the second one? Uh, I can't remember now. I think... Uh, I will look, but I believe that was... I believe that was first. Okay. Okay. So Australia uh, went up 1-0. Kyrgios got the win over Nori and then... Evans demon after that. I'm not hundred percent sure. Okay. Um, but regardless, right. So, you know, going into doubles, you're at one, one, but we got to talk about the other singles match too. I mean, Dan Evans against Damon hour, because I mean, this match was so good. And, you know, I talked to, to you a little bit about this. I got to give myself some credit here. Uh, Dan Evans was one of the guys who I was saying, Hey, this guy's looked good so far. You know, he had had some good results against Gofen. He had that really tight match with Dimitrov in the ATP cup. So he was looking good and wow, this is an impressive win for him. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. I mean, Dan Evans, I mean, let's be honest. He's, he's a highly skilled player. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like him a lot. I mean, he moves forward. He's willing to come into the net. He's got that one-handed backhand. You know, he chips it a lot um, with that variety. So I, I like his game overall. It's just throughout his career, I think, you know, just he hasn't been able to string together performances like this over an Alex Demonor, you know, time in, time out, again, 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 again. He hasn't had that consistency. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe 2020 is the year for him because, you know, you have to play aggressive. If you're going to beat Demon like that, you know, two tiebreakers, you're going the distance. I mean, you have got to play aggressive and take that match to Demon because you know he's not going to beat himself. So mm-hmm. very impressive result. And, you know, when I see something like this, Jamie, early in Early in the year, I'm I'm gonna have my eye on Evans now. You know, going into the Australian, let's see what his draw looks like. Let's see if he can win some rounds um, because this guy's really skilled. Yeah, and and that's what's so cool about these team dynamics is because they just open up opportunities for people. Because think about the confidence. Um, that, that you can get from a win like that. I mean, that's huge, especially a guy with like Dan Evans, who, of course, you know, we know the story of, of his comeback. Um, and now he's back, right? And, and a win like that against Damon Hour, a guy who obviously is just so fiery. We've seen what he can do on a hard court in Sydney with the home crowd behind him. I mean, this is impressive on a lot of different fronts. And so, um, by the way, that was correct that the Kyrgios-Nori match was first. So Australia got the first point. Um, and I think a lot of people prior to that Dimonauer-Evans match were probably looking at it saying, oh yeah, we've like, you know, Australia's got this, you know, Dimonauer's going to take it. But um, props to Dan Evans for standing up to that. Yeah. I mean, he came up big, man. I mean, for Great Britain, big result. You know, I, 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 I've always, he's, again, he's one of those interesting guys just because you can see the talent watching him. I remember a match that he played against Fed. It might have been last year even or two years ago, and it was a tight match. I mean, Fed came through, but it was like, man, this guy has skills 
that not everybody on tour uses, you know, and I mean that just with aggressiveness, his net play, his willingness to come forward, um, and, and you know, he showed all of that in this match against Demon, and again, it's huge because Demon is a guy that just does not beat himself. He's going to track yeah. down balls. You have to beat him, and Dan Evans did that. Hats off to him. And and that's the other part of this that I think is so impressive because when you're thinking about this matchup, um, in your mind, it, it's a little odd because, look, Dimenauer does not miss, right? I mean, you know, he he makes you he makes you put so many balls in the court. Um, it, it, so that that in and of itself, getting that win is impressive. But you know, you think about it. I mean, you look at the head to head of these two guys, and you know, granted, it's different because Dimenauer is so young. Um, but look, Dan Evans is two and zero against him now. Um, he also beat him at, at the Masters in Canada um, this last year. He beat him six four seven six. So that I mean, Dan Evans, no, he's got something figured out with Damon Hour. Um, interesting. But when you're thinking about it, it is very interesting when you think about it stylistically because you're like, all right, so Damon Hour is going to make a ton of balls. What's Dan Evans going to do to really hurt him? Um, you know, and and of course we know the Dan Evans method, right? He's got that one-handed backhand, loves to slice it. Um, great when he moves forward, so you understand that. But it's interesting, especially from what we've seen with Damon Hour, his passes on the run. Um, you know, it, it's a little surprising, and of course he had some of those as well. But once again, just props to Dan Evans for getting across the finish line. Yep, and execution, man. I mean, it, really, yep. a lot of these matches just boil down to execution. If you're the aggressor, you know, and you're playing a guy that's more of a counter puncher, going to be consistent. If you execute. Execute, you're you you can win. I mean, you probably will win. That's what it comes down to. If you don't, if the errors creep in, you're not execute you know executing your game plan. That's when the demon wins all the time, and he does it routinely because guys just can't execute shot after shot after shot and beat him. Uh, but yeah. you know, when you do that, that's how you get him, and that's what Dan yeah. Evans did. Yeah, and I mean, look, the margin in this one, of course, razor thin, right? Dan Evans wins the first in a tiebreak. Damon Hour wins the second, 6-4. Dan Evans wins the third um, in, in, in a tiebreak as well. So very tight. Um, the only two you know, sets that he wins are 7-6. Um, so good for Dan Evans, though. That's all I got to say. And I, I hope it, this is one that really does translate into 2020 because Damon Hour, you know, somebody who I'm not really worried about, I think he's going to have great results in 2020. Dan Evans, you know, less confident in. This gives me a little bit more confidence to say, hey, you know, 2020 could be a great year for him, right? Uh, but I'm sure we'll have plenty of times down the road to discuss that. And if any deep runs do come from him in big tournaments, we'll, we'll certainly touch on it. So then it all boils down to doubles, right? We're at 1-1. Um, and this is the matchup, man. Damon Hour and Curios um, taking on Jamie Murray and Salisbury. So two true doubles players there um, on the side for Great Britain. And this match goes the absolute distance. Australia ends up winning it 3-6, 6-3, 18-16 in the tiebreak. I mean... Just that in and of itself is ridiculous. Yeah, that's fun, man. I mean, you got to love dubs when it comes down to the end like that. For sure. And I think Australia, if I'm not mistaken, because I know they have John Pierce on their team who is a dub specialist. I think Demon might have been a late substitution to pair mm. up with Kyrgios there. Obviously, it paid off. Good move, um, you know, because it worked out. And I like that pairing, man. Just Kyrgios and Demon. You know, when you think about, you know, two guys, 
guys from the same country, good friends and everything, but they're so different. Like, sure. obviously, Kyrgios, there's really not many people that are like him, period. Um, but Demon is just that, you know, steady guy, man. I mean, he goes about his business. He plays the same way all the time. He doesn't ride too high or too low. And Kyrgios is obviously the opposite of that. So, you know, when you pair them up... It's like, hmm, what are we going to get here? And obviously, I mean, when you take out Murray and Salisbury, um, that's that's big time. Yeah, you you are right, by the way. That was a substitution to bring in both Kyrgios and Damon Auer because they're like, all right, we need you guys. We need the energy. So, um, and yeah, I don't I don't think that's really a slight to John Pierce, right? Um, you know, phenomenal doubles player, and he knows that. But, you know, Damon Auer and Kyrgios bring that energy. And, I mean, it was so cool to see. I mean, Kyrgios, look, we can talk about him for, for days and days, but when he's in a team setting like this, the guy cares so much, and it's just it's, it's great to see him. It's great to see him with that sort of emotion. I mean, his celebration afterward, he picked up Damanero like a child and walked him around the court. He was so happy. Like, it, it's absolutely insane, and so it's just great to see that, and of course, you know, with the home crowd, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just a spectacle for everybody. I mean, if he could play on a tour where every event was a team event, <laughs> it, would be, it would be the craziest thing, man, because he would be a totally different guy at week in week out I mean it just you know he comes to these events Laver Cup you know Davis Cup Mm -hmm. ATP Cup you name it and and he just he always rises to that occasion and he plays super well he's into it he doesn't get negative like we see him on the regular tour um it I really like that version of Nick Kyrgios I just the, the the thing about it is we know that's not going to happen at all of these other tournaments where they're playing individually. It's just not. I mean, he's been around too long. He's not going to change. But I guess, you know, I look forward to these team-type events watching him because I know, mm-hmm. I, you know, we're in for a treat then. Yeah, and I think for me too, granted, you know, this is sort of getting around the true issue at hand. But for me, I think... How cool would it be just mentally, you know, some of these guys sit down with him, say it's say it's the Australian team, say it's even Labor Cup team. I don't know. Since we're at ATP, ATP Cup, let's let's go ahead and pretend it's someone like a Damon Hour or a Millman, you know, and they think about it. Hey, you know, yeah, look, you're in the Australian Open or you're in the French Open. Sure, you're just playing individually, but let's think about ourselves as a team. Obviously, you know, they're, they're friends and they'll go watch each other's matches, but let's take it a step further. Let's think about it like that. I don't know what sort of, um, you know, rules and regulations they have based on what they can wear in their sponsors, but like, you know, wear something that means you're representing the, the Australian ATP cup, you know, say they win or something, they have like a patch on thing, things like that to keep the team dynamic in play. It's a reminder, right? It's a reminder that you're playing for Australia. You're playing for this team. You're not just out there alone and it doesn't matter because as as soon as it's playing for someone else or for something, that's when Kyrgios turns it on. And, and that's that's truly when it's best for himself and best for the sport. Because when, when Nick Kyrgios is playing like that, I mean, it's just great for tennis. Exactly. That's exactly right. I just – I don't know if he has the ability – the mental, you know, ability to do that and, and, you know, at these individual events, you know, look at it like that team, you know, you make a great point there. It's just, can he do it? I, I, I have doubts. I have doubts. Yeah. And I mean, fair enough. And it's not an easy thing to do at all. Right. And, and of course, you know, it's a lot easier to be motivated when you have that team. You're playing for people. You know, you don't want to let them down. You're into it. They're pumping you up, right? It's, it's very natural in that regard. Um, and so it's just if you can take some of that motivation and put it somewhere else as well, I mean, you know, 
that could really pay dividends. But um, regardless of that, Australia is into the next round. They will be playing the winner of Belgium and Spain, um, which is set to go on here um, in, in just a little bit later, once again, tonight. So that'll probably be going. Some of that action will probably be going, actually, um, the morning of tomorrow. So today, listeners, for you all. So maybe that'll still be going by the time you're listening to this. But um, if not, Australia will play the winner of those. The only other one, so the fourth tie of the quarterfinal, is Serbia and Canada. And that's going on right now. Um, Serbia is up 1-0 in this one. Um, Dusan Lajevic getting the win over FAA really easily. 6-4, 6-2. Felix just not looking his best right now. He's not. He's not. And I... I don't know how I feel about that because you know I'm a big FAA guy, man. I mean, that's that's one of my guys. Um, and mm-hmm. so early in the year like this, it it gives me a bit of pause. That match against Lajevic, I, I really, really would like to see Felix win that match, a, a match like that. Um, so it's tough. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We've got it, you know, a couple weeks left before the Aussie. And, you know, I just, I hope he can show up there and, you know, elevate his game a little bit because he's going to have to. And I know he can do it, but, you know, he, he's, I don't want to say struggle. It's so early in the year, right? It's hard to say that anybody's mm-hmm. like really struggling, but just watching that match, seeing him, something doesn't look quite right. I don't know what it is. Yeah, and I mean, look, he loses in pretty convincing fashion to Lazarevich, then he loses to, and he also lost to Millman, also lost to Struff, all in the last week, right? So, um, you know, clearly not at his best there, and and it's one of those things, it's kind of interesting, sometimes I feel like FAA and Shapovalov have almost like switched off and taken turns, feeling good and getting the press, you know, it's right, Shapovalov came on the scene a little bit earlier, then he was in a bit of a slump, and FAA was the one everyone was talking about, and now it's kind of back, um, and, and it's, it's back toward the other way, and speaking of Shapovalov, of all of he's on the court right now um, against none other than our, our favorite Novak Djokovic um, and so that match is currently in a third set so probably be over decently soon Shapovalov comes out wins the first 6-4 um, in the second set has break points fairly early on um, looks like he's doing great Djokovic was kind of not looking himself um, not looking great but he ends up holding and then just runs away with the set wins yeah, it 6-1 well, that's Novak yeah, we've seen, how many times have we seen that happen? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> Too many, I'll say. Uh, but that's a biased answer. But no, now we're on serve 2-3 uh, in the third. So plenty of action left to be played there. Oh, apparently uh, Djokovic just got a code violation. Don't know what for because we're recording, not watching. But uh, and by the hopefully way, Jamie, it was something juicy. <laughs> I, I do have to say that Denis Shapovalov has been playing phenomenal tennis true. this week. That's a great, so, that's very you know, true. even if he doesn't win this match against Novak, I don't really care about that. I With the form that I have seen from him um, – that's very positive. So I'm looking for him to do some big things. I was hoping that would kind of be FAA, you know, would come out in 2020 and look like that. But so far, it's been Dennis. And I mean, he is fun to watch when he's been playing this way. So hopefully he can keep up the consistency because, you know, if he can do that, I mean, he's going to be a contender every single week. For sure. I mean, just look at some of the matches that he's played so far. He beats Sitsipas 7-6, seven, 7-6. Six, seven, six. He beats Zverev 6-2, 6-2. I mean, that's another conversation, but wow. 
Um, he has that incredible match with Damon Hour where he goes 7-6 and then 4-6, 2-6. Honestly, Shapovalov, he had a chance to win that for sure. He was up in that second set. Damon Hour just did a great job of turning it around, and Shapovalov probably um, did some things he shouldn't have and, and got down on himself mentally. But still a great match, and Damon Hour was you know playing phenomenal tennis, so that's not really too big of a knock. That, that, that doesn't concern me. And now he's going and he's in a tight third set with Novak Djokovic. And so... I mean, you're right. Chapo's looking good. Quality matches, man. Even yes. you know, even with the loss, very high quality tennis, and that's more important. That that's what I need to see. That's really what I need to see. So you know, I, I've seen enough this week. I mean, Dennis doesn't have to play another match. I'm ready to roll for the Aussie because you know I'm going to be looking forward to his draw. He, I mean, hard courts, man. We always know that's that's his favorite surface. He shows mm-hmm. up. I, I think he could make a run. I really do. Yeah, and you know, you you talk about the level of play, and I know I've touched on it a little bit too, but here, it's just a good way to sort of round out the conversation, or or at least get toward the end of the conversation of ATP Cup, at least for today. I've been incredibly pleased with the level of play throughout this entire tournament. I don't know about you, but this event, I have seen phenomenal, both singles and doubles, and of course, when you add the energy, when you add the team dynamic, some of that's a given, but just the sheer play that I've seen from some of these guys has been phenomenal, especially for like a big first event of the year. Really impressive. Yeah, I mean, you could just tell it means a lot to them. You really mm-hmm. can. I mean, they go out there. The fans are showing up. I mean, we got fans from all over. I mean, I see, yep. I see Canadian flags. I see Serbian flags, Russian flags. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fans are showing out. The players are showing out. They, you know, they have a lot of passion. They're playing hard. Um, you know, and the reason why is because, you know, obviously it's the team event, right? And they don't want to let their team down. That's one one aspect of this. But again. It's the beginning of the year. There's a huge Grand Slam tournament coming up. These guys want to get in form fast because they have to. There's not a lot Definitely. of time you know, between now and Australia, the Australian Open. So these guys have to get their games flowing now. And, and you can tell the, the urgency is there, and I love it. Yep, that's a perfect word. There's a sense of urgency, absolutely. And and it's a lot of different things, but yeah, you just laid it out. Um, they're already down in Australia, right? They're getting used to it. They know this is very similar to what they're going to be playing. Um, and so, and, and they can feel it for sure. But um, no, I mean, I think at least for, um, let's say, viewership's sake, I hope that Shapovalov wins this and we get a doubles match um, in this tie between Canada and Serbia because that one would be a lot of fun. Right now, that's slated to be Djokovic and Troitsky taking on FAA and Shapovalov. So Ooh, that yeah, one would that, be, that'd be that, fun. that would be very interesting. You know, you get a bunch of singles players out there on a court. Although, I mean, hey, I mean, look, all of them, we've seen different things in dubs. Shapovalov um, has been playing more dubs and having some good results. He He's played multiple times with Bopana. Is that right? Um, he, he they, they play quite a few tournaments together in 2019. And um, someone like Troitsky and anybody like Djokovic, you know, you never know what you can do. And Djokovic return and... Um, Well, needless to say, he's got a resume of his own. So um, I think that would be a really enticing matchup to see. So I hope um, that that it'll go the distance and Shapovalov can pull it out just so that we get to see that doubles match. Who are you um, going with in Belgium, Spain later? I mean, I think... I think you got to say Spain, right? Um, I, I just don't say, I mean, look, we, this has been something with Spanish tennis for a really long time now, but just the depth that they bring. Um, and, and really, the, every time anybody you know representing that flag steps on a court, it's an absolute threat. Um, and so I think that holds true for this one as well. Um, I think 
I, I mean, obviously, GoFan's going to have to pull out something. Right. right. He always um, does. I mean, I that's think, that's yeah, what I was going to say. That is For the tough Belgium, part. For <laughs> Belgium, it's always riding on GoFan, and it's like, man, that guy must feel a ton of pressure. Yeah. Because no, it I mean, happens every, right. you know, Davis Cup, you name it, whatever, whatever, you know, event it is for Belgium, mm-hmm. Gofan has just got to be the man. He's almost got to win every match that he plays because if he slips, then, you know, most likely the other guy, whoever that is, you know, Steve Darcy or, yeah, um, you know, Ruben exactly Bemelmans or, you know, yeah. a- anybody like that, they're, you know, they have a better chance to slip and, and lose. So um, a lot of pressure on Gofan, but the, I think those matches should still be pretty good yeah no i think you're right the first one that's um that, that's supposed to go on for that tie is darcy against rba um so definitely a tough match and and spain's going to be heavily favored there um not out of the question but you know batista it's very very solid so that's going to be difficult um and then the next match on after that would be not shocking at all go and nadal so you're going to need you're going to need something special from go um and then if that were to be the case, then we'd go down to doubles, and, and who knows who would sub in where um, just based on, on on the rest of the match and how everybody's feeling. So it's kind of hard to, to look and, and, and uh, predict those. But um, those first two matches seem pretty solid as most likely to happen. So like you said, it's all it's, it seems like it's always riding on GoFan, and, and he knows that, right? That's, I mean, there's nothing secretive about that. It's, it's similar to anybody who's, you know, just obviously the best player um, of the country they're representing. That's, all, that's just simply going to be the case in any of these events, um, for better or worse, right? Um, and so he, he's just in that position. And, hey, I mean, it's not like he can't beat Nadal. Um, it's just going to be really hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's, pretty yeah, much, it, that's pretty much how that works. Exactly. Yep. So, no, that'll be a ton of fun. So hopefully uh, when we wake up, maybe some of that will still be going on based on scheduling and, and we see how the other matches turn out. If if they're long, you know, three-hour ones or they're quick blowouts, um, that'll really just depend. But anyway, tons of fun on both the WTA and ATP side. Uh, Matt, want to thank you for hopping on with me and uh, making this Friday a regular one, huh? Oh, yeah. Always, man. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, we, we'll see what we can do about it next week. But uh, what do we tell our listeners? That's break. All right, and we'll catch you guys next time.